0: Hello and welcome to the program, UFO Warning. In this episode, we're looking at the Desmont Woods incident. That's correct, the Deshmat Woods incident. Now, this is a UFO encounter that happened in 1979. It's come to the news recently, but I first want to look at an article that came out three years ago on BBC.com. We see it from November 2019. The title says, The UFO Sighting Investigated by the Police. Written by Stephen Brocklehurst, BBC Scotland News, says when forestry worker Robert Taylor reported seeing an alien spaceship in Woods near Livingston 40 years ago, it made headlines around the world. The Dutchmont Woods incident is unusual among reported UFO sightings in that it was investigated by the police. They treated the rips in Mr. Taylor's trousers as evidence of an assault, but could never quite work out what had happened to him. In his testimony to police, the 61 year old described how he saw a 30 foot high dome shaped object in a clearing in the forest near West Lothian Newtown on the 9th of November 1979. Now, they have an illustration here on this website, it, and it looks, as they say, like a saucer with a dome on top of it, and it's supported by four uh, long legs. Now, in front of it, there's two spheres with spikes sticking out, with little squares on the end of those spikes. And this is something definitely otherworldly. He told how two spike spheres then rolled out towards him, and as he passed out, he was aware of being grabbed on either side of his legs. Mr. Taylor woke up in a a disheveled state 20 minutes later. This really sounds like an abduction to me. And we see this a lot of time in these UFO abductions encounters the ship or whatever it is lands and then some other alien entity or a craft disembarks from it and either goes on some sort of exploratory mission or oftentimes abducts the onlooker. It says Mr. Taylor who died in 2007 was a respected war hero and teetotal churchgoer. No one doubted that he was sincere in what he believed he had seen. And throughout the rest of his life, he never deviated from his story. So you have this guy, he's a forester, so he's a professional. He is a war vet, doesn't drink. He's a stable, community kind of guy, goes to church every Sunday. Not someone who's just prone to making up stories. He told the police he had been working alone, checking fences and gates at Detchmont Woods at 10.30 when he came across a spaceship in a clearing. After the spiked objects rushed out and tried to grab hold of him, all he could remember was a strong smell of burning. When he came to, the clearing was empty, apart from a pattern of deep, regular marks on the ground. He went to his van, but was so shaken, he drove it into a ditch and had, a, and had to stagger home in a dazed condition. It's almost like this encounter, and I would estimate abduction, had ended up in some sort of a mild psychotic break, possibly, at least in some serious mental confusion, at the least. When he got to his house, he told his wife, Mary, he had been attacked by a spaceship thing because Mr. Taylor was in such a state that police were called and officers found themselves inquiring into an assault on Forrester forester by alien beings. Con Ian Wark, the scene of crime investigator, arrived at the clearing to find a large gathering of police officers were already there. He told the BBC he saw strange marks on the ground. There were about 32 holes, which were about three and a half inches in diameter, as well as marks similar to those made by the type of caterpillar tracks often fitted on bulldozers. The officer went to Mr. Taylor's employer, Livingston Development Corporation, to see if the machinery they had could solve the mystery. So we have the encounter site and then we have actual physical tracks of something there. Now, whether it was a spaceship or something else, well, after examining every piece of machinery they had up there, we did not find anything to match, he said. The police officer said that the unusual marks on the ground were only to be found in the clearing where Mr. Taylor had experienced his reported close encounter. Now, think about that. These marks were just in that clearing. How would they have gotten there? If they were some type of machinery, they would have had to have been brought there. There would be tracks where they brought the equipment in. But it just sounds just like physical proof of what the abductee uh, witness saw. Saw a ship land, saw these two spheres roll on that ship. And you can imagine these spheres rolling along with these spikes on the end, leaving the tracks as they roll. It says, these marks just arrived, Detcon work said. They did not come from anywhere or go anywhere. They just arrived as though a helicopter or something had landed from the sky. That sounds familiar. That scenario right there reminds me of so much of many of the cattle mutilations we talk about, where it seems as though something just arrived and committed these crimes on these animals and then just left. No tracks in, no tracks out. The police report from the Times said the marks on the ground indicated an object of several tons had stood there, but there was nothing to show that it had been driven or towed away. Imagine that, several tons, and this thing had been airborne. P.C. William Douglas wrote, There appeared to be no rational explanation for these marks. As part of the police investigation, Mr. Taylor's ripped trousers were sent for forensic examination, but this was many years before DNA techniques, so analysis concentrated on how the damage had been done. Police forensics said the trousers seemed to have been damaged by something hooking them and moving up. Wow. So it sounds like these spheres rolled over, hooked onto the, this gentleman's clothing, and then elevated them up. And back to the ship. This is exactly the kind of thing that people speculate happens to these cattle during these cattle mutilation sessions. They're just like it's almost as if they're beamed up, they're mutilated, and then put back down. It says he said they were police issue blue blue serge trousers, and the type of rips in them did not happen by getting snagged as Mr Taylor crawled away on the ground. Mr Robinson, who has given lectures on the incident across the UK, Holland, France, and in the USA and written a book on the subject, said it was one of the most incredible cases in the world. He said it was one of very few hardcore cases that defied any explanation. There are many theories about what actually happened to Mr. Taylor. These included everything from hallucinatory berries to black ball lightning and a mirage of the planet Venus. I don't think he felt like he'd seen a mirage after going through that ordeal. A medical explanation could lie in an epileptic seizure being suffered by Mr. Taylor, but there was no evidence of this gathered at the time. Still doesn't explain his pants or the tracks all over the meadow there. In her police statement, his wife Mary said Taylor had no history of mental illness, but had contracted meningitis 14 years earlier. Seems strange we'd have a psychotic break 14 years after that, wouldn't it? She said the treatment was successful, although in July of that year, he had suffered a series of headaches and was admitted to the city hospital in Edinburgh. You know, a full-blown psychotic episode but seemed to be a long ways from a headache, in my opinion. In his statement, Mr. Taylor said that after the UFO incident, he was examined by local doctors who called at his house. The doctor suggested he could go, he should go to nearby Bangor Hospital for checkup and X-ray. After waiting for two hours at the hospital, he got fed up and left without being examined. <laughs> I guess things haven't changed much, have they? Deacon Wark said he could go along with the theory about the epileptic fit, but what about the marks on the ground? He said. The former police officer could not bring himself to say he believes Mr. Taylor saw an alien spaceship. I have to see it for myself to believe it, he said. But he said he interviewed Mr. Taylor three times and he never changed his story. Now I can respect that police officer's skepticism, but what would he, how would he handle a situation where there was an eyewitness of a theft or a murder? Would he simply say that he didn't believe it because he liked the person that was being accused? I don't know. I've said this a thousand times, why are we willing to accept an eyewitness account and let that send a person to prison for the rest of their life, or even to the execution table, but we can't accept an eyewitness account, especially from a reliable witness when it comes to UFOs. He says, but he he said he interviewed Mr. Taylor three times and he never changed his story. He believed what he saw, and there was no way he would make that up. Det Conwork said. Forty years on, the Dutchmont incident has passed into legend. Last year, a UFO trail opened, which takes people to the spot where a Newtown forestry foreman claims he saw an alien spaceship. Now, I thought that was an excellent article. There's one other one I want to look at here. Just to, and this is this just came out recently. This is from uh, November 12, 2022, so three years on. This is from edinburghlive.co.uk. It says, Remembering the West Lothian UFO encounter that police and forensics stumped. The Deschmont Law incident is infamous for all of those that follow extraterrestrial meetings, and 43 years on, the mystery remains just as puzzling to onlookers. Articles by Jacob Farr. And it starts off as a picture here of Mr. Taylor at the UFO site. and You can see these tracks. It's amazing. UFO sightings have traditionally been mocked as delusions of fantasy but as the U.S. government has recently realized has recently released data on strange encounters they have experienced the tide has begun to turn with those believing that something may be out there. I find it interesting that they're citing the release of the UFO stuff by the government which has now been pre-bunked apparently uh, before the upcoming report. So that's It'll be interesting to see if these authors continue to cite that release from a couple years ago. This week has marked the 43rd anniversary since the most famous and arguably most credible alien encounter in Scottish and UK history. Bob Taylor was out on a walk with his red setter Laura in Dutchmont Woods on Friday, November 9, 1979, when he says he came face-to-face with a UFO. The incident is only one of its kind in Scotland to have been officially investigated by the police and by forensic scientists' laboratories in Britain. Newspapers, articles from the time and the following decades tell the captivating tale of Bob's claims and have been covered and have covered this case extensively. The former forester, who relocated to Tayside after retiring, alleges that whilst walking his dog, he turned a corner in the woods only to be greeted by a spinning top object that was twenty to thirty foot long. The encounter involving Bob, who was sixty-one at the time of the incident, was reported by the West Lothian Courier. The article Bob speaks of. And in the article, Bob speaks of two robo- two robots that were shaped like landmines, but with longer spikes that they used for walking, making a suction-like noise. The Aberdeen Press and, F- and Journal reported several days later that the event took place in the morning, and that when Bob began to approach the UFO, he was knocked out by a powerful gas. That's interesting. So, maybe that was a burning thing the burning smell that he noticed. So we have the sighting of this spinning top. It lands. We saw saw the illustration there earlier with the four legs that came down out of the craft. And then these two things he describes that look like landmines with these long spikes coming out of them rolling toward him. It's so odd when these things go through all these machinations to, you know, just to display themselves or to abduct somebody or whatever. I mean, if the thing has that kind of physical ability... It's almost couldn't it could it have assumed any kind of shape it wanted to? Why did it go to the work of producing these two spheres that then just rolled across the ground? Why wouldn't they have levitated across the ground? You have to. It's almost as if the, the appearance of these things, if the manifestation of these things, is at the intersection of a person's own personal experiences, a person's own universe. I, what some people might call their own simulation. And where these things exist, it's almost sometimes like they're reading the mind of the witness and taking the information from that person as they reveal themselves. This is so strange to me. It goes on, it says Paper reports then stated that he was woken up by his dog barking before he made his way home from Dutchmont Law to his home at four Brumennow Drive, Dean's Livingston. His wife Mary called a doctor and the police. As her husband looked as though he had been beaten up with tears with tears in his trouser leg. But when speaking to the press at the time, the West Lothian man said that he did not think the aliens meant to meant him any harm. He said, I did not think they were out to do him any harm, but I was very frightened. I am a countryman and I have never seen anything like this before. Another common thing that we see among abductees, they get abused by these by these things, and they still seem insistent. On saying, well, I don't think they meant any harm. I hate to tell him, but what they did to him was a complete disregard for his anatomy, and it was a complete disrespect toward him as a human. He was treated like an animal that we might tag out on the out on the uh, you know the tundra, or out in somewhere you know in, in the middle of Africa. I mean, he was treated like a wild animal, tagged and bagged. But somehow, this thought was implanted in his head. I believe that they didn't mean him any harm. Well, they didn't mean him any good, either. I don't don't see anywhere where he was given the cure to cancer. I don't see anywhere where he was given the winning lottery numbers that were coming up in a couple of weeks. These things just simply treated him as a specimen. Quote, I was mesmerized by that thing that was sitting about 12 feet away from me. His boss, Mr. Malcolm Drummond, the manager of Livingston Development Corporation's Forestry Divisory at Rosenbank, and whom Bob had worked for since 1963, was at first skeptical but said that they found evidence of heavy machinery at the site and added that there was no reason to doubt his employee. Now notice that's his boss and they found evidence of heavy machinery but it wasn't their heavy machinery, okay? Important point. He told the West Lothian Courier, "I at first I didn't take Bob's claim too seriously, but he kept but he but he leapt to his feet and insisted that he take me to the spot. I must admit I had been very skeptical, but I was astonished to find very pronounced indentations at that place they looked as though a bulldozer had been placed and then lifted from the spot without any tracks leading to or from the marks now just remember that it looked like a bulldozer had been moving around there and then lifted so when the skeptics come along and say well that's just some tracks left over this is these are experienced foresters they said there's where the track starts there's where the track stops how did he get here he added that there were triangular hoof marks. I find that very interesting that he calls them hoof marks near where the other marks lay. A police report from that time acknowledged that the strange markings and acknowledged the strange markings and noted that there were no signs as to how an object so large and heavy could have come to the spot. It's amazing that something that large and heavy could have ever just appeared in the air, if you ask me. And they also commented on the incident to the courier and said, Mr. Taylor is a wholly respectable person and his integrity is not any doubt. We are still investigating his report. Bob spoke to the Daily Mirror several years later in 1996 saying that he knew something was out there. Last year, a woman, Tess Blair, claimed to have had a UFO fly above her head at around 2 a.m. on Sunday, October 10th in Dutchmont Woods. Trust told the Daily Record at the time we were at the sky watching for the evening and when we got back into the car we switched the lights on and we didn't see anything it wasn't until we got home and we were looking for something else and then that appeared straight away on the film when i saw it i knew straight away it was under it, i was it was the underneath of a craft that you were looking up to now, now, they've got a picture of this thing here. It's called the Large Object Trust Claimed to Have Spotted. Once again, the website is EdinburghLive.co.uk, And this is eerie. I mean, it's a dark picture. Looks completely dark on one end. It looks like a sphere position. takes up the whole frame on the left-hand side of the frame. Almost looks like some kind of a door carved into the side of it. Uh it looks ancient. It looks like something that the archaeologists dug up. And this thing is eerie looking. and It's a picture this woman took. And If you get a chance to go to this website, edinburghlive.uk, I would say take a look at it. It's really kind of creepy looking. It says the door is underneath it. I'm looking at that. The door would open and take whatever into the craft. So they had been hovering around above us and following us around we were in the, while we were there at the forest. Let me tell you, if I saw this craft hovering over me in the evening, and the door was opening, and things were flying up into it, I would not be long to be in that area, lest I be the next thing flying into that thing. An avid UFO spotter, she said, Bob Taylor was taken by a pod at the time. It must have been watching him for a while Then it took him. I don't think anyone other than us has spotted crafts yet at Dutchmont Woods, but they but they have spotted them over Livingston. Whew. This tells me there's a lot of activity going on in this place over a number of years. West Lothian has often been touted as a hotspot for UFO activity and it's eerie to hear of two incidents in the same locations occurring occurring years apart. Well years for them might be years for us might be like days for them. I mean who knows? A monument and a UFO trail has been erected at Dutchmont after Bob Taylor, after the Bob Taylor incident, and UFO enthusiasts have traveled from around the world to try to spot extraterrestrial activity at the site. And then it says, "Let us know if you've ever captured any UFOs or aliens," and then gives the email address. Wow, that's an awesome article on this picture, man. If that is real, that is really cool-looking. I mean, like I said, it looks like a. It's a very eerie green tone to it. It looks like it's a, almost like a concrete or sandstone sphere, with some you know with with, with uh, etching you know around the bottom of it and some some lines onto it and this really like primitive looking doorway portal thing in the side of it that she says was opening up and things were flying in and out of it. Man, it's something. Anyway, I just love the story and I I think it's really cool that they've come out here 43 years later and people have been able to. Flay shot the story just a little bit for me and as far as like, talking about Bob's dog and, and this latest picture that's been photographed there a year ago and the fact that we learn now that Bob's experience is not unique. Other people have seen UFOs in this area. And who knows, maybe this Deshmat Forest, this Livingston area, is some sort of UFO portal, some sort of, you know, they call it a hotspot, but it seems like these things have been moving in and out of there for some time. Until next time, this is UFO Warning. Over now.